For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, right. you know what that sound means. Must be Tuesday. It must be Tuesday or Thursday. And it's time for the After Buzz. That's right. Nice. <laughs> Hello and welcome everyone to the After Buzz podcast. My name is Nico Adjimin, your host of the After Buzz. And I got Buzz Adams Hello. with me. What up, Buzz? Oh, they tell you my pickup died? Uh, you were telling Stephanie as a for, as, a, as a way of excusing yourself for, for not, not emailing her. Right, yeah. For not getting back to her email. Uh, but no, I didn't know. Did, it died on you? Yeah. I was just going through the Sam's parking lot. Like it three miles an hour and it just stopped i had to get it towed to pep boys oh that sucks pep boys said they couldn't fix it interesting but they said good news you're still under the thirty-six thousand uh mile manufacturer warranty so it's no charge oh from pep boys they said we can't fix it you got to take it to the place you bought it so i took it over to the uh the ram Mm -hmm. the place where i bought it and they said, oh, it's not under warranty. So somehow I'm dealing with Pep Boys well, it said I, it was under warranty. Yeah, but, but how the would they I know? bought it from said it wasn't under warranty. Well, how would Pep Boys know if it's under warranty? I don't know. But okay. they said, hey, it's not going to cost you a dime. And well, don't they, listen to them. Why would you listen to them? Because they're saying what I want to hear. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. But I told, I told the guy at the Ram place, if it's, if it's good enough for Pep Boys, it ought to be good enough for the place I bought it from. Is that how it works? <laughs> I feel like these are not any adult life realizations. <laughs> these are all very teenager life ones. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what it costs to get a car? So on consecutive weekends, I had to call a locksmith to get my keys out of one car. That and is hilarious. And I had hilarious. to call a tow truck to tow my other car. And you hate inconvenience. So this sounds like a whole waste of I free. hate it. I hate it. I hate everything about it. It cost $125 for, for the tow? tow. Yep. That's what it is. And it, did you have to get towed to the... Uh... I, I had I had to pay it twice. I had to get it towed to Pep sure. Boys, and then yesterday I had to get it towed to the Ram place. And they fixed it? Uh, they're working on it. So how'd you get home? Uh, I had my own car by that time. Oh, okay. Yeah, anyway. That's interesting. Did you get a ride from somebody? Uh Brad. Oh, okay. Yeah, Brad came. To you. I'm just wondering if this is one of the times where like some girl got you and you don't want you don't want to let me know who it is. No. <laughs> well, that sounds like an interesting weekend. It sounds like an inconvenient and super Very frustrating. Very inconvenient because I was looking, I was so looking forward to going into Sam's, <laughs> and you didn't even get to do your Sam's nope, shopping. No, nope. by the time by the time I went through the whole rigmarole, Sam's was already closed. You should like be on a first name basis with uh, locksmith, tow truck people. Might as well start your own tow. Business. I mean, ho- hopefully, uh, just get AAA. Deal- it would have fixed both of those problems. You could have gotten towing for free so. and the locksmith. Well, let's say this year it would have really paid off. But I go years and years where I mm. I don't need any 
help of any kind from AAA. But that's isn't that the point of uh, insurance? In case, yeah, I guess so. What does it cost to join AAA for a year? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> My grandpa worked for them for a long time, so worked for AAA. Yeah, as as a restaurant and a hotel reviewer, and um, what? Yeah, your grandpa, who was also the sheriff no. of Van Horn. No, that's my great grandfather, and that uh, it was Fort Hancock. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so he would drive all throughout uh, Mexico and like some parts of the United States. They got AAA in Mexico. It's all over the world. Mm-hmm. They do like some of the big. Uh, I'm not sure if it's stars for hotels, like for five star or three star. This it's something else. Maybe it's like anvils. <laughs> it's some weird shape that they get. Mm-hmm. Moons. Either way, uh, yeah. So he he has AAA, and I think we get the family plan or whatever. Oh. We're legacy AAAs. Well, I just wanted to get that off my chest. Okay. Well, no, that's interesting. I kind of feel like. I would have gotten one of those calls. I bet you were thinking, oh, God. What was going on with you? Well, I, I was busy pretty much all weekend. I knew, you had a busy, I knew you had a busy weekend. Yeah, and then on Friday, so I went to TRC Thursday, came back for the show, did uh, Friday in Las Cruces, and then had to drive right back to the open mic at Scenics, and then go to the comic strip to hang out with the comics. <laughs> all on Saturday? That was Friday. Oh, that was all Friday. Yeah. And then Saturday was just comic strips. Comic strip. Mm-hmm. But it was very cool to, one, be out at a show where people actually came because they've heard, you know, the morning show, oh, I guess. Oh, they were there to see like you just, specifically? Oh, can I, I can actually say this on, uh, on, on here. You know the guy that called in today, Lupe? Mm-hmm. Well, he was like this guy wearing a big old cowboy hat. He said I was the guy with the cowboy yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah, and he was sitting uh, uh, pretty close to to the front of the, the stage area. And when he saw me set up, he was like, are you Nico? Because they don't see our face. <laughs> and Yeah, but I feel like we've described you enough that people, people are always pick like, you out. You're way not as bald as Buzz makes it seem. <clears throat> people, you, you exaggerate so much more. People can be kind. <laughs> You're just doing this because you, you know. Hope. No, you're doing this because you know that you can. You can. You have the power to say whatever you want about me, and nobody can see me to check up on it. Mm-hmm. And it, sneaky. It's you're, a sneaky. Your your head is that one spot in a Christmas tree that is like bare. So you turn it around in a corner. Wouldn't it be great if you could just turn your head around and put the bare part in the corner? I have lots of hair. <laughs> I have lots and lots of hair. <laughs> lots and lots and lots of hair. I just God, have. God, I wish. Uh, I've, but see, no, people, don't, people are always saying, Buzz makes it sound way worse than it really is. Anyways, I'm moving on. So Lupe was there, and uh, he was like, hey, let's go to the corner. Let's go over here. I was like, what are we doing over here? And a real, <laughs> real like, uh, yeah, he hands, me, he hands me this uh, Ziploc bag of weed. Oh, yeah? <laughs> With his business card in it. Because he is... Is he connected to the cannabis he industry? He is a marijuana anymore? farmer who has a big old farm out there and, uh, yeah, basically gave me his contact info. Does his farm have integrity, though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... It was. I forgot it was Randy. <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was it Randy Marsh? Yeah, it was Randy okay. Marsh. 
uh, and uh, maybe I'll be sponsored by maybe this <laughs> podcast will be sponsored by some green old integrity. You remember a couple of weeks ago, Joanna was going to go out into a remote at a at one of the dispensaries in New Mexico. Yeah, I remember. I was going to show up. To Did it. you hear that got canceled like twenty minutes before it was supposed to go on? No, because of the whole legal oh, stuff. We gotta, no, 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 no. I, no. I want to ask her. About no, it. let's. Because I just do, found this out let, two days let's, ago. Let's leave that as some inside baseball, okay? <laughs> we'll find, Had you not heard about it? Though? I have not heard about this though. I imagine it has to do with the FCC rules and stuff still. Uh. Yeah, it. My understanding is twenty minutes before the remote was supposed to take place, it got canceled by us because marijuana is still technically illegal in both Texas and federal federally, mm. and the FCC controls the airwaves. We are technically not allowed would, to. That's why I wanted to ask Joanne. I thought maybe she had more information about it. No, uh, I, I have a whole she's plan right there. I know, but I have a planned whole fucking thing today. So okay, go ahead. I just thought it was cool to get tipped in. <laughs> right. All right, let's start the, the topic for today. I wanted to do a history podcast episode today. I love history so much. Seems like every third episode is, is history-based, which is fine. Right. That's fine. I feel like that's actually a pretty good percentage. <laughs> that's actually uh, not too much, not too little. History was always a class. I was really, I just found that stuff interesting, you know? Yeah, it's stories. I mean, it's it's right, the story it's of our of our life and history, and and I think it says you a know lot. What they say those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. That's what they say. But they also say that history just always repeats itself, no matter what. Uh, which so I, today's topic is going to be about the Crusades. <laughs> now I'm listening to an audiobook about uh, the Crusades right now and a big part of it is from the muslim perspective like what do the muslims and how do they perceive because weirdly enough most of what's been written all eurocentric so can i just give an overview of the crusades sure go for it um when the uh so the muslim religion was founded in the seventh century 600, 630. Yeah, in 630. And 634, in the ensuing centuries, they took over uh, what Christians call the Holy Land, so Jerusalem. Right. What's now Israel and the Gaza Strip in that area, where all the most holy sites are. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these places that are mentioned in the Bible. Also, well, I was... Taken over, and, the, and the Christians at the time, these kings and knights, and I guess probably if the popes were involved in it, said, hey... We can't let a lot of bunch of heathens take over our holy land. Okay, hold on. Let me let me. Well, I'm just saying their perspective was. Well, which perspective are you giving? I'm giving the, you know, the European powers. Right. I mean, this that that is the. But hold on. I wanted to to take a step back real quick. But but, so you were going to finish by saying the Europeans were like, we're going to stop these Muslims from. We got to go in there and make it safe for Christian pilgrims to go and visit Bethlehem and visit. The Holy uh, Land. The Holy Land. Okay. Right. I think that's actually a pretty good uh, description of uh, the Eurocentric uh, viewpoint. Now, I didn't watch just, Kingdom of Heaven in two different Robin Hoods and not learn anything, so. You must have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think Orlando Bloom's character was a real one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Russell Crowe in Gladiator was not a real one. Russell Crowe in Robin Hood, man. You never saw the Robin Hood? Was Robin Hood historical? Uh, yeah, I don't think they've ever pinpointed it to a, to 
to an actual person. <laughs> okay, so anyways, this is actually the, a good uh, starting point. You're, you were right about talking about the Muslims starting in about 600, 635. Uh, at the time, uh, Muhammad, the uh, uh, prophet, prophet uh, and the founder of the religion, he was actually a military leader as well. He took over Medina. I thought uh, he was a merchant. Like he was a middle-aged merchant. He, was, uh, he started as a merchant, but once he started the religion, he also became a military commander. And they actually, he, he personally led forces into Medina and uh, much, much, had a lot more more battles. That's why actually Islam has holy war. Like jihad is much more defined in the Quran as opposed to the Bible. And it took a little longer for uh, Christians to, you know, embrace the, the concept of holy war. But, uh, at the time, the Muslim Empire had reached out into southern Spain, Sicily, and uh, the Levant, and and that whole area, and uh, closing in on Constantinople. But the power, the centers of the power for the Europeans is usually England, Rome, um, the Franks at the time. It was very far away from the center of power for the the Muslims which is around Turkey, Jerusalem, the Levant. So, weirdly enough, they shouldn't have had such a big clash at this time. They're, they really were far away from each other. Mm-hmm. So, from the Muslim perspective, when the Europeans came... Invading hordes, right? They thought of them as terrorists. Yeah, as terrorists. Coming, going through their lands... Coming from thousands of, of miles, miles away, away to come and... And kill them and take over their their cities, their land, yeah, and their occupation. Uh, sentiment about Europeans at the time were that they were savage barbarians that lacked all hy- uh, hygiene. They thought of them as like beasts. There's almost. probably some truth to that because that was kind of a high point in Islamic culture. Yes, at that absolutely. Time. And we were in. They call it the Dark Ages. It turns out it was not quite as dark, but. Yeah, right. we must have uh, the the European uh, invaders must have seemed like dirty, filthy brutes. barbarians. Yeah. yeah, and you're right in terms of te- uh, technological and cultural high points. I think Baghdad at that time had a population of hundreds of thousands of people, while London and Paris were still about twenty thousand. So that just goes to show you the infrastructure and the kind of stuff that the the Muslim territories were doing. But at the time, the Muslim territories were very fractured. And divided. There wasn't any one caliphate taking over anymore. You had the uh, Fatimid Empire in Egypt, the Abbasid Empire uh, in the Middle East, uh, and they were pretty much at each other's throats. So it made it easier for any of the Europeans to come and actually... Because if you think about it, if one person was still running all of the Middle East at the time and was able to focus, they probably wouldn't have been able to to conquer Jerusalem at the time. Anyway. Yeah, sure, a united front would have been a lot stronger, probably. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so then, 1099, uh, I think it was Pope... God, I can't get his Urban? name. Urban? No. Leo. No. Clement. Clement. Pope Clement II. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you went through the th- three that go through uh, or get repeated quite often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Pope Clement II who called for a holy war to retake the... Uh, what would you call it? The, the home, the, the home. You know, the home of their religion, the uh, cradle of Christianity, the cradle of Christianity, and take it back from the heathen uh, Muslim, or they would call them Turks at the time, the mm-hmm. Turks, 
Weirdly enough, the Muslims called the Europeans Franks. Mm. Very easy to reduce people's <laughs> <laughs> ethnicities at the time. You're a Frank. You're a Turk. I'm from Scotland. Don't matter. You're a Frank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so he called on them to do that. Well, they they came. They invaded. They were able to take over Jerusalem uh, at the time, which was the biggest crown jewel. And the, the Muslims were like, what the fuck? <laughs> so that started off uh, about a century, two centuries of internal warfare already. Uh, but just think about it. Well, you would think with all the countries of Europe fighting these holy wars, they wouldn't have the stomach to fight each other. But my understanding is there were still all these conflicts between all the all the various kingdoms in Europe as for those centuries that the holy war was Weirdly going. enough, and, and so the Crusades were not one army. It was like a mixture of... Uh, like a German army with yeah, the yeah. French army. I'm going to raise an army. We're going to meet up with the, you know some of these others. And we'll do it together. But the idea was that they were all part of Christendom. Some of them took over, like Accra, just took over and decided to rule as barons in their own right mm-hmm. uh, there in the Middle East. Uh, other uh, kings ended up fighting their own allies in Constantinople. Over. <laughs> over just... We're, we conquered this. No, yeah. we did. Yeah. All right, now we're going to fight it out amongst us. Uh, us. So it's really weird to think about. We looked at probably the Taliban. We probably still do. And Al-Qaeda operatives as just these low-life kind of murderous, murderous barbarians, no technology. And... That sentiment has not gone away for a thousand years. Like, it's just the opposite foot. We're just wearing, you know. Okay. What do you think? How much do you think that had to do, has to do with the way the Middle East is structured now and the sentiments against that well, played I'm out? Well, no, I'm no expert on the Middle no, East. No, I know. But I'm just saying, I mean, that really set the stage for West versus East for. Yeah, I would say there's been a longstanding lines. grudge that goes back right. that far at least. At least. Mm-hmm. You took our lands. Well, we're going to try and t- come back and take yours. Well, I think they were really freaked out when uh, the Moors pretty much controlled Spain at one point. Yeah. For, a, for, a, for centuries. Yes, absolutely. The Andalus area yeah. of Andalusia. Who was freaked out? Oh, the Europeans were freaked out. Yeah. Hey, man, here are these people. They don't even pray to the same God we do. Weirdly enough, though... Uh, it, this book was saying that it was really describing the concept of Muslim holy war, that there are two different holy wars. There is a spiritual holy war yeah, right. for the conversion of people and the spirit of of the world. Yeah, there are a lot of allusions to that in, in Christianity, too. You oh, know, that's that you're fighting a spiritual war and you have to put on the armor of God and the armor, you know, and all this. There's a lot of uh, military. But just even references. talking about things like that in a military term sets up a dichotomy of us versus something, right? It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't set up a, oh, how to make things inclusive or yeah. better. When you or, talk about waging a war, even if you're not talking about a literal war, it kind of sets the stage for a literal war. war. And that's the other uh, holy war that they talk about is the literal version of it, which actually seems to be the focus a- after a few centuries in, in Muslim theology as being the only the thing that they're going to do. But interestingly, 
the concept is to take over the world, instill uh, Islam amongst everyone, kill all the non-believers, except, yeah, kill all the non-believers. I don't think that is mainstream Islamic thought. I, I mean, I think you're taking a pretty extreme position. I don't think that's what most modern Muslims believe. No, no, no. This was just kind of a basis of, uh, they have terms for it. And uh, the, the, the house of wisdom is what they call the land of Islam. Anywhere that has Islam, or the, the larger idea of what the, the Islamic world is, is called the house of wisdom. And then the other side is the house of war. Ah. Uh-huh. And we're for wisdom. Those other guys. No, no. About war. No, oh, they, it, we're war, waging war on that other side. I see. And their idea is to take over the to make everything the house of wisdom. Anyways, so but th- there is actually cutouts for. Don't the Shiites and the Sunnis fight each other all the time, even though they're they both do. Muslim? And see, that's actually what <laughs> led to a big fracturing of this holy war ideology. Is once you have two different interpretations of Islam and just so many regional factions like it was very hard but at, you know they were so successful in their conquests up front like the first 300 the crusaders, years you mean no i'm talking about the muslim the muslims like from 600 to like 900 when they went to spain and they, they, they were so successful because they were pretty united they all yeah, kind right. of uh followed those same beliefs but anyways they actually have a cutout for christians and jews in their idea of the house of wisdom taking over the world well, these are would be considered, I don't know, maybe people of the covenant. Or people, people of the who, book. People of the book. They're all, they're both it's people. okay for a Muslim to marry a Christian in oh. their religion. It's also okay for a Muslim to marry a Jew, oh. believe it or not. Okay, that makes more sense after knowing, their, learning this. Their point of view is that we all acknowledge the same God. That They actually believe that, that holy revelations were given by the same God to the Jews and the Christians, and that by him showing favor upon them, that they share some, uh, I don't know, sensibilities. Anyways, they give them a cutout. They're like, as long you can practice your own religion in our house of wisdom. Uh, Just don't go trying to convert. convert. That's yeah, it. Don't go around trying to get all of our kids to join your yes. crazy idea. So weirdly enough, in their idea of holy war, I mean today... They really should be just for all of the Christians and for the, the Jews. You don't see that playing out anymore. What, are we stepping into modern times yeah. now? That's a, it's a mess. Isn't it interesting how their religion probably has been as corrupted or modified throughout the years through translation well, and interpretation, just as much as the, the Christian Bible has. Out of those three big world religions, the big three, uh, you know, not that these are the only ones, because there are over a, a billion and a half Hindus. Right. So let's not forget, you know, that. But they but just haven't been causing You can find wars. in... Well, in, I guess maybe Bangladesh and Pakistan in, don't count. In all of the holy books and the holy writings, you can find uh, approval of what we would consider a war crime. You know, you don't have to yeah. look too far in the Bible to find God commanding the ancient Israelites to go into the land and kill the enemy. Yes. You know, so I, I've i always thought when people put point out violent uh, verses in the Koran that you could find verses every bit as violent in the Old Testament, not so much the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, which is part of Christian doctrine. Mm-hmm. But just even... How much of 
And you're right. Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. The, the same type of things we would condemn in the Quran yeah, could probably right. be found. Uh, yeah, in the Quran, you know, it says smite your enemy. Well, God, there's a lot of smiting going on in our in our Bible, too. And I think the Quran probably was uh, misinter- has been misinterpreted since its writing yeah. as much as the, the founding Bible has been. Which could you're on your own as far as that goes. Well, I'm saying, what if today they are everybody is just practicing a corrupted, corrupted version of what the degraded version of what the original message was? Yeah, I don't what know. are the chances of that? Uh, probably high. I mean, I I guess at the crux of the question, would the world have been better off without religion? But if you think about that very long, you realize religion uh, and spiritual belief and belief in a hereafter and all of that stuff has to be wired into us somehow. Because every culture has some kind of concept of, you know, a spiritual world or a, you know, a hereafter or... But maybe what if that is just proto-human adaptation to having awareness and consciousness of the world? Is that once... Once apes were able to transition into being fully conscious and uh, self-determining, that religion is just kind of our way of adapting to, you know, realizing how small you are in a once you are aware of it. Well, I'm saying it exists in so many different. It cultures has to be universal. So many different. It's it's virtually universal, and it probably has some kind of biological component to it. There's something in us that makes us search out for something greater and what you can absolutely be said is that religion unified uh millions of people so you know i've been off religion for like 30 years right yeah yeah you've been you've been so you've been clean for 30 years (laughs) i I have never had a day's regret or think that i made a might have made the wrong decision i have just been completely comfortable with that decision yeah i I never have any second thoughts i don't lay awake wondering God, if I'm wrong about this, I'm going to burn in a lake of eternal fire. Yeah, I don't even. That's complete. <laughs> you know, any of that worry is completely gone for me. No. I really worried about that when I was a kid because, you know, when you're a kid, you believe what you're told, right? Yeah. And that's what I was told. I, Hellfire and brimstone. I think at some point, I, rem- I, like, I can definitely remember when something terrible was about to happen, like... Oh, if my family saw my browsing history. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would be praying to God, please don't let them, please don't let them find my browsing history. Have you ever seen, they had these on Etsy. Somebody was making, they were like medical alert bracelets. You know, they have instructions, Mm -hmm. but it said, delete my browsing history. (laughs) (laughs) But then I realized what I was doing at some point, and I looked at myself, you are sitting in a room talking to the wall. And it just did not. It just doesn't connect with me, and it just made me kind of not. What, what do you mean, sitting in a room? I was, like, singing, I was praying. Praying. I was praying, sitting in a room by myself, talking to the wall, basically. Oh man, you've gotten into one of my favorite topics, but this just opens up an entire other rabbit hole, and that is uh, Julian Jaynes' theory of the bicameral mind. Uh, what is this? The idea that if you go back far enough in in time to the ancient Greeks oh no the, the, or the, the Bible that the voice in our head 
that we now realize, oh, that's just the other, you know, hemisphere of your brain or right. you know, but that, that we they thought heard of it as, as God. a distinct voice. Yes. Like they you notice they write all about this, not just in the Bible, but in in uh Greek epics. Right up until about a I don't know, five hundred years oh, yeah. before before Christ. When the they oracles wrote this, of Delphi no, see, no, 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 no. See, that was later. You didn't need an oracle. You heard the voice because it was coming from inside your own head. This is the uh, bicameral mind theory, which I don't think has widespread acceptance, <laughs> but it's nonetheless it's, it's super interesting. So people would hear God telling them or the gods telling them to go do something. They actually heard it as an auditory thing, but that only they could hear. It wasn't until later that mankind was worried that the gods weren't talking to us anymore that you develop things like oracles, divination, trying to find out what gods are. Oh, you just opened a whole can of worms with this one. This is a whole... That, That was trying to get back to this place when there was something, we thought, God telling us what we should do and since we're not hearing god anymore it's just your own voice (laughs) it's your conscience it's a cricket (laughs) it's jiminy cricket uh isn't it that whole thing just blows my mind that is super interesting and that that probably will be a topic maybe on on thursday or next time but i just want to button up what we were talking about today and that is uh History is weird and complicated. Uh, people like uh, Bill Clinton in speeches, I think he uh, he gave uh, right after the Bosnia bombings and things like that, he gave a speech and even referenced the Crusades. Uh, as a negative. I mean, I think when negative. most people look at the Crusades, you look at it as a... An awful... Well, I think they killed... I think they killed life. it like... Yeah, like they would just slaughter... I think oh, they would slaughter everybody in the city. There's even a the Jerusalem. I think in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. the Crusaders slaughtered all the Muslim women and children and men, or most of them, or anybody in the city. Yeah, anybody that was just in the city. So it, it does have negative Kill connotations. Kill everyone. God will know their own. God will know his own. Was a a, a famous quote. And think about it. To this day, they are fighting over that fucking city. <laughs> And we're seeing it play out on the news still. History bound to repeat itself. All right. I think that does it for today's episode of the After Buzz. Listen to the Buzz Adams Morning Show Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. on KLAQ 95.5. Talk to you all next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.